What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode eight of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Dog. And Kurt, it feels good to be back, baby. It sure does, buddy. We are uh, we are off and running. Week one of the NFL season is behind us. We're moving on to week two. Bruno, we had a, a quite an array of games that we're going to get into here a little bit. Um, give me your overall thoughts on uh, your THOTSs on this past this past week. Kurt, I'm going to give you some thoughts, if you know what I mean. Um, overall, Kurt, I would say there were some games that I thought were going to be good that were blowouts. There were games that I didn't think that were going to be close that were close. I would say right now we're all trying to figure out if some of the results from week one are fluky early season results or indicative of the season. So there's that. And then there were some injuries, maybe the specific team, a specific quarterback, and a specific Monday Night Football game that I think uh, is the biggest takeaway from this week. No, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> no. No shots. No, no shots. No um, That's So I'll be straight with you. Um, it is like the overreactions to week one are always just classic. Like yeah. Because some teams just like shit the bed in week one and then – they're going to rattle off 13 straight wins now. And people will be like, remember week one? No. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of play out here. Cause um, you know, we'll, obviously like I said, we'll get into it, but some of my bigger takeaways, some of the NFL's elite quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, even Lamar Jackson, they were all really bad. Yeah. Like they were all really bad in week one. And then you had the, the rookies, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson go out there and they all lost. Like, it's so, it, you know, not a great week for rookie quarterbacks, not a great week for the best of the best in the NFL. So, you, it really was a pretty wild week in the NFL. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And again, I think, I don't well, actually, I was trying to think about this, Kurt. There definitely were a lot of defenses that looked really good this week, and we'll go through some of those as we cover specific games. Do you think that, I guess here's a quick question to you before we dive into specifics. Do you think that's just, do you think it's easier for defenses to turn it on early in the season than offenses? Or do you think that's just, you know, there's less preseason games, so, you know, and the offenses don't play as much, so, like, they're out of rhythm? Like, I feel like we just definitely saw a lot of good defenses, but it's hard to say, like, was that 100% defense or was that just the offenses looking not good for some teams? I, f I feel like the first four weeks, you're still kind of putting in some of your offense, which kind of sounds weird. But right. I think defenses should be ahead at this point of the year. So I don't think it's shocking that we saw some defenses dominate the way that we did. Um, right. But I do think it is a little shocking how so some of these blowout games, which there were more than a few of. 
Yeah, <laughs> that is that's so, definitely true. Uh, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. But um, f- just going to get this out there right now, three minutes into the pod, four minutes mm. into the pod. Uh, if I sound nasally or congested or sneeze or cough, apologies. Your boy is a little under the weather. I don't know if it is allergies. I don't know if it is the itis. I don't know if it is the whatever, or just maybe a cold. Who knows? I'm around that cesspool of kids again. <laughs> Who knows? It could be any or, any or all of the above. So I'm a little scratchy, a little, a little nasally, but we're going we're gonna to power through this podcast, Bruno. Yeah, it's Kurt's flu game. Uh, shout out the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Certainly not the GOAT. Anyone else who's still playing basketball right now because it's Michael Jordan. Um, so Kurt's having his flu game right now, and we are definitely going to power through. And Kurt, we do it all for football. I'm sure you've said that in your grand big career in your life and before, but like, you know what? We're doing it all for football. We're leaving it all out on the field, and we're playing the fuck out of those fields. Yeah, we, we, we are playing the fuck out of the field this week, Bruno. <laughs> uh, I, we haven't said this in a minute, huh? I think we got to cue some music, buddy. Let's drop it. Drop the music, Kurt. If, uh, right now. Don't fuck this up. Right now. Um, so, Bruno, uh, we have promised people in the past that we're going to go quick through some of these uh, these games, and we never really do. Based on the way we did our little template this week, I think we're going to go through some of these pretty quickly, and that is A-OK, my friend. Yeah, Kurt, I Bruno. think uh, we're going to bang through these. Maybe we can do a little one-two, one-two action as we uh, go through some of these early games, like Kurt said at the beginning. Some of these were snooze fests, some of these were blowouts, some of these were defense dominated. So again, we're just trying to, you know, we're, we're enjoying football. We want you all to consume football as much as you can. Obviously, every game is relevant for bets, for fantasy sports, all that good stuff. But still, you know what? For for your listening pleasure, we're going to zig, zip, zap, zig, dog right through some of these games. We sure are, Bruno. I'll take the first one. Speaking of banging, as you just mentioned. Oh, speaking oh. of banging, hot start, Kurt. <laughs> There was a little. There was a certain rookie running back who was doing some banging down in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, running back Bijan Robinson. He outdueled the top pick of the NFL draft this year, Bryce Young, on the way to a twenty-four to ten victory for the Falcons over the Panthers. A little uh, NFC South showdown, which uh, we have documented. The NFC South might horrendously stink this year, but Bijan looked the part. Uh, I'm not saying Bryce Young didn't, but you know, good start for Atlanta and uh, Mr. Robinson down there, Bruno kicking it over to you pal yeah uh my quick note about the falcons in a different fantasy league kurt cooper cup i had to pull out of the lineup because he was injured i put in drake london fuck you drake london one target zero catches zero fantasy points i was so pissed at drake london so he's benched for the rest of the season i'm just throwing that out there london bridges falling down and falling out of my starting lineup Kurt, uh, this next game, I don't know how many people had many players from this in their lineups. Maybe some. We had Titan Saints. Kurt, we like to remember the Titans. We're not going to remember this game because this game was pretty S-H-I-T, if you know what I mean. 16-15 Saints over the Titans. Derek Carr, first game on the Saints. Again, that was one of those moves in the offseason that you might have forgotten. Um, he played okay. Ryan Tannehill, on the other hand, was so fucking bad. He completed less than 50% of his passes. He threw three picks. They lost on the road. It's like, dude, what are we doing here? DeAndre Hopkins, what do you think was going to happen when he went to Tennessee? So, again, good for the Saints. This helps them in that shitty division try to get a win, but not the best of games. Yeah, that's my biggest takeaway, too, the whole D-Hop thing. It's like, bro, you you chose to sign with this uh, the, with the Saints. I mean, the, the Titans. It's like you knew. You know what Ryan Tannehill is. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying Mac Jones is leaps and bounds better, but he is certainly better. And yeah. uh, I just... He's going to get targets, but boy, is that team going to royally suck. 
Speaking of royally suck, that was the Bengals' performance in Week 1, Bruno. That's right. The Bengals. My Super Bowl champion. Okay? So uh, (laughs) I hope that is a Week 1 overreaction. Uh, But, Bruno, Deshaun Watson massaged his way to a Browns victory and handed Joe Burrow and the Bengals a fat (laughs) 24-3 loss in Week 1. Bruno, the best part of this entire game, aside from – really being shook by the inability of the Bengals to even get like a first down is the fact that Jamar Chase went out and was shit talking them all week about saying they're like they're a bunch of little elves in Cleveland and then he was like I feel like an idiot because we just lost to a bunch of elves and it was the (laughs) best out of context if you didn't know what he was talking about it's an all-time quote yeah, Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw this posted by like SportsCenter or ESPN in a tweet or something, or I forget where, maybe an Instagram, I don't remember. And I thought it was like fake. I thought they got hacked because the quote was like, we just got our ass beat by a bunch of elves. And I was like, what? Like ESPN, is this, did your account just get hacked? He actually did say that. So tough. But it was funny. Sure it was, just came out of nowhere. The fucking Browns, Bruno. Oh, God. I know. So... Listen, the Browns have had Joe Burrow's number since he's been with the Bengals, but I don't think anyone saw that coming. So, uh, interesting result there. Kurt, in a game I think we did see coming, Jaguars at the Colts. Jaguars start their potential run atop the uh, AFC South with a victory over the Colts, 31-21. One of the bigger stories from this game, Calvin Ridley suspended all of last year for betting on football and then it's funny because there's been like 70 other people who have been now suspended and none of them have been suspended for a year so that's kind of funny he came back no cobwebs no dust he looked like a wide receiver one kurt he was so good catching touchdowns getting key plays uh trevor lawrence was hitting them some big throws they win by 10 again an expected result because colts had anthony richardson starting in his nfl debut I don't know about you. I thought Anthony Richardson looked okay. Like he had a rushing touchdown, which is electric. He made some good plays. Again, he's a rookie. He's probably like the, I don't, again, I'm not like an evaluator. He's probably like the least like polished rookie quarterback starting in terms of like being fully ready to like read defenses and make good throws, but he played okay. So again, if you're the Colts, you just want to see Anthony Richardson like play better each week. Michael Pittman had a big game for the Colts, but yeah, Jags get the dub in a game. I think we all probably predicted. Yeah, maybe the Colts can go hang a banner saying we only lost by <laughs> double-digit points in our first week one game. Uh, yeah, yeah, Richardson, Richardson was fine, but again, I don't think the Colts are going anywhere no. fast. Let's put it that way. Bruno, yeah. uh, one team who is going somewhere pretty fast, mm-hmm. uh, a team that traveled from the West Coast over to the East Coast, Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. returned from his fucking elbow surgery. Obviously, we know in the NFC Championship game, his he was pretty injured in the 49ers could not throw the ball at all in the NFC Championship game. Well, Brock Purdy returned, tossed a couple tutties to Brandon Ayuk, uh, and the 49ers went on the road and just straight up dismantled the Steelers 30-7, to which is pretty crazy. I mean, again, this is one of those things where it's like you can kind of throw away preseason because the Steelers were like, talk preseason. Holy shit, Kenny Pickett's so good. Holy shit, all his receivers are good. Holy shit, the offensive line isn't bad. Holy shit, look at this defense. Well, holy <laughs> shit, here come the 49ers. And they just worked them. Yeah, they got absolutely worked. Kurt, I will say my one note about this game, you are on record believing in Brock Purdy, believing in the 49ers. I was on record saying, I don't know, people. I thought people were overhyping Brock Purdy. Sure, it was the Steelers, and I don't know if they're going to be that good this year. They still had a solid defense, like you had mentioned. TJ Watt was there, you know, making plays. He looked really good. And Purdy coming off surgery, I don't think I was expecting to look that good that early. So good for the 49ers. They're going to be a really fun team to watch. 
Um, speaking of fun teams to watch, this next game was probably the least fun game of week one, and it might be the most irrelevant matchup of the entire year. We had the Cardinals at the Commanders. The Commanders win 20 to 16. Shout out to summer 2016, one of the GOAT summers. Uh, Kurt, Josh Dobbs starting for the Cardinals because Kyler Murray's still recovering from Achilles injury or ACL, whatever it was last year. Sam Howell leading the Commanders. Maybe the worst quarterback matchup of all time, like disgustingly bad. That This was such a gross game that I watched zero seconds of and I had to read a recap and watch some highlights of after and there weren't even that many highlights, to be honest. The only takeaway from this game is that Washington's defense looked good, but like they looked good against a Cardinals team with Josh Dobbs starting. So I think you got to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, uh, they looked good, but again, consider the opponent they were playing. Like, yeah. they should have looked good. I do think the Washington defense is going to be maybe a top five, top six unit this year. I really do think that. But if they want to go anywhere this year, you need to bury the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're purposely yeah. trying to lose. Like, huh. so I mean, I expected more out of Washington, and that game was that game was dicey for a, a large majority of it. Bruno, and another game that wasn't very dicey. Despite not having Mark Andrews and losing J.K. Dobbins, who, side note, I think is the most unlucky uh, football player Crazy. in the NFL Crazy. in terms of how often he is injured. Uh, he blows his knee out again, I think, in this one, or tears in the killie, one, one of the two. And he is gone for the year. So he's out for the year. But it didn't matter in this one because they're playing the goddamn Texans, and the Ravens grinded out a 25-9 to win over, uh, as I mentioned, rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. So good for the Ravens, but again, terrible opponent and they did what they needed to do Lamar was bad in this game Mark Andrews obviously didn't play Odell Beckham only saw a couple you know targets going his way the talk of the town was Zay Flowers the guy the, the yeah. BC rookie wide receiver who yep. you know kind of showed out uh, and popped off a little bit so good for him yeah Kurt I think uh, again if you're the raisin, ra- Raisins if you're the Ravens you're definitely happy obviously prayers up for J.K. Dobbins because again I it's crazy how much that keeps happening so much like the Commanders you know they beat the Texans so we don't think they're going to be good we'll see what they look like in their upcoming games Kurt in another close game that wasn't very good uh, the Raiders beat the Broncos 17-16 again we have uh, you know it was a, it was almost a weird sight for the Raiders because we're Patriots fans are watching uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, suit up at quarterback for the Raiders and Jacoby Myers as his basically wide receiver one. Not really because Devontae Adams is there, but looking like it because he they he threw him through two touchdowns before Myers left late with a concussion. And so we'll see if he how healthy he is the rest of the season. Um, you know, obviously the big story coming into this game, Sean Payton coaching again, coach of the Broncos. How good was Russell Wilson going to look in with Sean Payton coming over and trying to like hand the reins to him? Um, I would say Russell Wilson looked okay. He definitely looked good in the first half. In the second half, I forget the tight end's name, the Broncos tight end who's decent got injured and that like hurt the Broncos a little bit. So, you know, I, I think there's more work to be done, but Russell Wilson definitely looked okay. But again, it's like, I don't really think the Raiders are world beaters. So if you're playing a game in Denver, I believe it was, and that you're supposed to have that advantage and you can't even beat kind of like a 17 point, uh, point scoring Raiders team, not exactly the best time. So, uh, you know, again, in the AFC West, Broncos have their work cut out for them. Uh, Raiders, at least in that division, got the dub. Yeah, uh, again, the, I, this is a game early last year the Raiders would have lost. Remember that? They had that whole streak of, you know, they have, they'd have have leads and they blow it at the end. Well, they didn't right. pull this one. So that is a good step in the right direction. Happy for our old pals over there in Vegas. Hopefully, Jacoby Myers gets healthy. That was a brutal shot that he took over the middle. Uh, yeah. Bruno, in a bit of a shocker. A bit of an NFC West shocker. The mm-hmm. Rams behind receivers. Now, bear with me. Tutu Atwell and Puka <laughs> Nakua 
led the way for almost 250 receiving yards for Los Angeles. And they went up to the home of the 12s, up to Seattle, and absolutely pounded the Seahawks 30-13 to on the road. Bruno, does this say more about the Rams or more about the Seahawks? I, you know, that's a great question, Kurt. I would probably say it says more about the Seahawks. Like, if I had to guess, the Seahawks probably came in cocky. You know, no Cooper Cup for the Rams, so they're probably like coming in like, oh, this game's in the bag. And then their defense obviously shoot the bed, and, you know, their offense didn't look good. Like, the Rams, again, they're probably playing with no pressure, considering Cup is out, Stafford's getting older, and no one really has big expectations for them. But, yeah, uh, if you're the Seahawks and you're, you know, you're coming off, like, a lot of momentum last year, that's not the way you want to start your season. No, not at all. Yeah, so good for the Rams. Again, it's funny learning new receiver names. So we'll see, you know, whether it's for fantasy or for moving forward, if those receivers are relevant. But yeah, uh, tough loss for the Seahawks. Speaking of tough losses, Kurt, this brings us oh, to Sunday Night Football and one of God. the tougher losses of the week. Kurt, we're talking Cowboys and Giants. And let me just tell the world, Kurt's uncle was probably dancing all night long, considering the final score of this game was Cowboys 40 Giants zero. Yes, you heard me correctly. 40 to zero. Jesus Christ, Kurt. That's not Jason Bourne. That was Danny yeah. Dimes, and he was fucking horrible. The Panamanian pal was 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 dancing a jig. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kurt, I don't know how much there is to really say. Like, Danny Dimes was horrible. The Giants offense did literally nothing. Like, they were so bad. The Cowboys defense was on the Giants from minute one until the end of the game. They had so many fantasy points because they just had turnovers, touchdowns, all this crazy stuff. And again, people were like, oh, it's the rain. Like, you never know. But it's like the Cowboys are playing in the rain, too. And they put up 40. So it's like, you know, that that was crazy. Thinking about how crazy it is to get shut out in an NFL game, like that's just, it's just crazy to like even say that out loud and the Giants managed to do that. And Kurt, one of the crazier parts of this game is that Dak really wasn't even that good. Like he was not even really that good and they still won 40 to nothing. That just goes to show how bad Danny Dimes was. And like, yeah, he was atrociously bad. Like just god awful. And uh, yes, the Panamanian pal texted me twice on Sunday. (laughs) Once during the Patriots game after Ezekiel oh, Elliott fumbled, fumbled, and he goes, he is all yours now. And then he texted me. <laughs> he texted me at like almost midnight on Sunday and goes, damn Cowboys are setting me up for heartbreak down the road. So oh, he knows. no. Oh, he no. Knows. Not that reaction. Oh. I mean, I'm sure he was pleased, but I'm, he's like, this is too good to be true. And that probably was a little too good to be true. Right. But they'll absolutely take it. You know, anytime you win a division game like that, you embarrass a team that you, you know, bitter rivals with, they'll absolutely take it. So hopefully the Panamanian pal at least enjoyed his week one. He had to have. He had to have. Because they got some tough games coming up. They have the Jets. Well, well, if they had, yeah, I don't know. Jets, Pats. They got some some AFC East games coming up, which would be exciting for them. Yeah, very true. Very true. Bruno, we're going to get into some of the some of the better games now. A little bit bit more in depth about some of these games now. And there's no better place to start. Then the opening Thursday night football game uh, last week, it was the Detroit Lions heading to Kansas City to take on the fucking reigning champs. If you didn't know about it, let me tell you, they made they they won't let you forget about it. So, um, I mean, I get it. Every team does that. I just hate the Chiefs. So naturally, I'm bothered by it. But Bruno, this game was interesting from the get go, right? Travis Kelsey, a couple days before the game tweaks his knee in practice is like well hold on a damn minute is he going to play spoiler alert no he's not gonna play so no travis kelsey no chris jones who at the time was in the middle of a lockout uh lock in hold out lock hold out. 
He was not playing in the game. He was like, "I pay me my damn money. Okay? But he wasn't playing. And uh, Bruno, the Lions just didn't look scared. It's like what I've said about like people coming into Gillette Stadium. People just don't seem scared. They went in there, and thanks to Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, the boy who people have I, – I think I said this at one point during last week. I was like, he could be one of the best receivers in the NFL this year. And the amount of targets he's going to get from Jared Goff is going to be fucking staggering. So uh, they got off to a good start. We were kind of waiting on the Chiefs to turn it on and turn it on and t- turn it on. Like, they always had that gear they kind of get into. They never really hit that gear in this game, Bruno. It was just kind of a stalemate. Um, and what was so glaring about it is, like, Travis Kelsey is an all-world player. He is phenomenal. Like, I hate the man, but he is phenomenal. What I didn't realize is the inability of the other receivers for Kansas City to do almost anything. So it's stagger again, you know... This is a team that didn't resign Juju Smith-Schuster. This is a team that reportedly had no interest in fucking DeAndre Hopkins. But they'd rather have the boy, Kadarius Toney, who went out there and probably had one of the worst games in NFL history. Let me tell you, we watched watch Aaron Dobson play in New England for a while. And Kadarius Toney made Aaron Dobson look like fucking Jerry Rice. Because Kadarius Toney had like three balls clank off of his fucking hands. <laughs> he had There was, a, there was a, that uh, picture that went around of Patrick Mahomes hitting him in stride in the hands and like this ball ended up as a pick six and that really flipped momentum in the game and Detroit never really looked back and you know I'll give Dan Campbell so much credit he had that team ready to go they faked a punt on the first goddamn series it was an overall impressive performance from the Lions going into Kansas City and knocking off the Chiefs 21 to 20. Yeah Kurt I my biggest takeaways in this game you kind of touched on but Lions just balls on the table again i think it helped that it was like oh chiefs getting their rings it's chiefs 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 lines could just go in and kind of a little bit be under the radar for as much as you could be for a team that was you know playing in the opening kickoff game of the season but they were definitely that team they were far from perfect right but like i think this is a huge tone setter for their season and i agree Lamon ross st brown he's gonna be that dude caught jared goff again i think he was just kind of an afterthought at some point and he's really used that as motivation so good for the lions and again for any afc hopeful team a Chiefs loss to a non-AFC team is great for us because the Chiefs are going to be there at the end of the season and the loss doesn't hurt anyone in the AFC playoff race. So we will absolutely take the Chiefs uh, taking that L. Kurt, that brings us to game number two of our you know longer, kind of more in-depth recap. Um, you might be a bit surprised hearing this, but I, we do we did think one of the games also worthy of talking about was the Bucks at the Vikings. Kurt, this was not the best game purely from a football standpoint. The Bucks do get the win 20 to 17. Couple interesting things about this game. Obviously, you know, Baker Mayfield, the, his era is off to a good start considering he got the dub in his first game. There's probably gonna need to be some time for him to build up some chemistry with the offense. Though, Mike Evans did look really good in a weird situation again where he wanted a new contract and the Bucks didn't want him. So he's basically just decided he's gonna be a free agent after this year. So he also wants to go out and show he's still got it. Oh, he's still got it. He had a, you know, a bunch of receiving yards and a touchdown. So Mike Evans looked good. Uh, the Vikings, on the other hand, Kurt, they had a great record last year. They had a great season last year. No one's going to take that away from him. But I think one of the things that everyone pointed to with the Vikings was their ability to win close games last year. Um, I don't know what their exact record was, but they were absurd in close games. They were like, you know, 11 and 2 or something crazy like that in close games. 
So losing by three to the Bucks, I think, is something where, again, you can point to some specific reasons for this. The Vikings lost the turnover battle three to nothing. The Vikings turned the ball over three times in the first half. If you lose by three, that's obviously going to be a big reason why, right? You know, uh, Chase McLaughlin for the Bucks hitting clutch field goals, one at the start of the game, one at the end of the game. That was, you know, one of the final scoring margins. You can point to that too. And the, and the Vikings did have some good production from the wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, who I think we all expected to be good, played the part. He popped off again, and it's crazy because teams are game playing just to shut him down, and he still popped off. Even Jordan Addison, or is his name Jordan Addison? I forget what his name is. The other uh, wide receiver on the uh, Vikings, he looked good yep. too, which I think, you know, again, like, people you can say what you want about Kirk Cousins but like he you know he can definitely air the ball out and his receivers usually post good numbers on his team so they look good but again it's just like I think the story of this game is people were expecting the Vikings to regress this year and I think this could be a sign that that is indeed coming you can't get lucky in close uh score games forever Kurt and you know I'm not saying it was all luck but like they didn't have the luck today and they lost yeah and this Buccaneers team is not a team that's supposed to contend like this is not a team that's going to be you know, a powerhouse in the NFC. So a, a game hypothetically at home, you are the much better team. Perhaps this is a sign of things to come for the Vikings. So uh, one thing I want to note here, part of the radio today, um, Rashad White, the running back for the Bucks, uh, was talking on like, you know, Westwood One, which is ESPN's, you know, X, uh, Sirius XM channel. And he was saying like, yeah, Baker Mayfield came back to the huddle one time. I was like, I have all their signals. And then I was oh. like, what? What? But apparently, he had the defensive coordinator's signals about what was coming, knew what was coming, and still kind of was able to figure things out. Like, he's like, oh, if we motion and they check to something, he's like, I know what that check is. Oh. So I'm like, huh, it's like Spygate, but in, like not illegally, apparently. So, yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> so, I mean, good for Baker Mayfield. Like, I don't think he's a very good quarterback, but if he's picking shit up like that, good for him. Yeah, absolutely uh, good for him. Bruno, uh, a game, unfortunately, both of us happened to uh, have a little mishap on during the pick six. Pack, <laughs> no, not not Packers. <laughs> Dolphins, Dolphins at the Chargers. Bruno, we saw a lot of offense in the in the first week of the NFL season by usually like one team. It wasn't both teams exploding. Well, in Los Angeles, we had a goddamn explosion of points. I remember you asked me the over under was fifty one, and I was like, fucking hammer the over. They almost got there by themselves. Not really, but like close. Dolphins win 36-34. Incredible, incredible game if you like offense. A lot of back and forth. Like it never got to a point where it was like 24 to 10, one team. Like they were within a touchdown the entire way. Um, I think there were six lead changes. Just a really, really good football game. In this one, uh, Mike McDaniel said he felt validated. After this win, because he's been he's been hyping Tua up so much this preseason. Obviously, Tua last year was tough for him. The injuries, the concussions. He went out and started doing jujitsu this offseason. He you know took time to reflect. Like, do I want to still play in the NFL? Like, should I still be playing football for my health? Well, you would never know based on his performance in Week One that he had any sort of doubts about himself because. He popped the fuck off on this one. He threw for 466 yards and three touchdowns. Tyree Kill is just stupid. It is getting annoying and getting obnoxious. It sucked when he was on the Chiefs. It sucks even more now that he's on the Dolphins. He had 215 yards and two touchdowns. And, like, the Chargers knew where the ball was going, and they still couldn't stop him. And it's like they sent double teams his way. They uh, they disguised coverage where like, they, like, 
you know, high and low look over him, and they had like side to side look with him, and like, and he just ran through all of it. So like, Tyree Kill is a goddamn fucking cheat code, and basically it came down to, well, not who had the ball last, because the Dolphins drove down the field. They had a, a very quick, very efficient, you know, eight yard, seventy five yard tr- touchdown drive to go up late. Chargers had the ball, you know, last, and they the the Dolphins got the stop they needed to, and they won the ball game. So, uh, but classic Chargers. Already, Bruno, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler are already banged up and injured for the Chargers. So it's like the story, like the fucking gift that keeps on giving is the Chargers being hurt. Yeah. The only gift that the Chargers got in this week, Kurt, was the Chiefs losing because that's probably their biggest competition in the division. So they'll be happy with that. But yeah, that was uh, quite an interesting game. Very exciting. One of the better week one games that we had. Um, and, you know, as a Patriots fan, we're not pleased that the Dolphins won because that certainly does not help us. Kurt, speaking of people who were not pleased, anyone from Chicago? Because, Kurt, let me set the scene here. We had a little Packers at the Bears uh, action in this week, and it was one of those situations where Aaron Rodgers has been there forever. Aaron Rodgers has tormented the Bears forever. I'm pretty sure, was it last year or two years ago, Kurt, when he basically was like, I own Chicago? He's like, he walked, they won again at Chicago, and he was like, I own this shit, or whatever he did. He like flipped the fans off. Bears fans were like mad, but at the end of the day, they couldn't even say anything because it's literally true. So coming into this game, we had a little bit of a reset, right? Aaron Rodgers gone. Jordan Love, who's been on the Packers forever, he was coming in. If I recall, I believe, Kurt, if you listened to our episode last week, Kurt did say he thinks Jordan Love is going to be that guy and he's going to be good. Bruno did say Jordan Love is going to be bad. And once again, for the millionth time, Bruno was wrong. Because, Kurt, let's not bury the lead. Packers 38, Bears 20 in a game that you could have just told me that Aaron Rodgers played in. Obviously, you know, Jets fans would have rather him been there and not getting injured. But uh, you could have told me Aaron Rodgers played in. I would have believed you. Jordan Love comes in picture perfect game he had a qbr of like 120 something you know he goes 15 for 27 has like 250 yards and a couple scores um romeo dubes however you say that guy's name uh he stepped up with christian watson being out so it's again the packers didn't even have one of their best red receivers and they still put up 38 points the defense had a pick six justin fields yikes he did not look good at all he made some good plays running but like passing wise they didn't look good at all aaron jones who like low-key was a stabilizing force he played really really well for the packers though he did tweak his hamstring so we'll see how healthy he is moving forward but overall kurt just it was just one of those shellackings that i think any bears fan hoping for a different era for a different uh you know a time to reset a time to like you know uh make their stake their claim in the division simply were just those those hopes were dashed kurt because the packers just came in and did what literally they always do handed the bears their own lunch and their own chip yeah uh shame on us again did we both pick the bears in this one we may have we may have. we may have yep shame on us um <laughs> i thought based on all the offseason acquisitions the bears would be in a good place yeah um no they're not in a good place. Uh, I did say I did say on our pick six, I believe, a lot of people are very down on the Packers. I am not very down on the Packers. I was like, I like Jordan Love. Like, I was impressed in the Patriots preseason game. All the videos that came out during the Patriots uh, practices with the, with the Packers. I'm like, I think he can be good. I did not think it was going to be that good out of the gate, though. That was an impressive, impressive start to his NFL career as a starting quarterback. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, that division is also wide the fuck open. And that's why it hurts the Bears even more, because it's like it's so wide open and this could be their time. And then here we go again. Jordan Love about to dominate the Bears for the next like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, there was a post game thing. It's like, let's keep doing this to the Bears for the next 30 years. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. Here we <laughs> oh, go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Bruno, uh, in the last the last game here we're going to touch upon, mm. you know, the Monday Night Football Massacre, oh, which boy. had nothing to do with the score. It massacred yeah. an Achilles tendon, though. Let me tell you. Yeah. Bruno. <laughs> for an off season that we have been force fed so much Aaron Rodgers content so much the New York Jets are back so much you know fucking 55 years later the Jets are Super Bowl contenders again fuck you because in four (laughs) plays Oh, Four plays into his Jets career. The man hadn't even completed a pass yet. Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Now, I'm not rooting for injuries. I feel terrible for Aaron Rodgers. But for you sick son of a bitch Jet fans, <laughs> oh, this is the funniest shit oh, I could God. ever imagine. Like, and I all, I almost feel bad. Like, I almost oh. do. <laughs> Dancing on like, graves like, right now. Like no, but like I do feel bad. Like oh, oh you had you had it. You had it. And oh 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 there it goes. There it goes. Because you know what, Bruno? You're not winning with Zach Wilson. You're not gonna do it. You could try, but you've tried that in the past and it ain't gonna go well for you. So, Bruno, again, that is the major storyline. Whatever the fuck happened in this game really didn't matter. What mattered is the fact that Aaron Rodgers is toast for the rest of the year. What's your quick thought on that? Yeah, I mean, Kurt, it's it's hard to not feel bad. Like, I know what you mean. I hate Jets fans, obviously. And especially in recent years, they've been obnoxious. And especially this offseason, they've been obnoxious. That, that goes without saying. But it's just so, like, again, that, like, I don't know if it's so Jets. I don't know if it's so tragic. I don't know what the word you want to call. But, like, again, he didn't even complete a pass, Kurt. He didn't even do anything. He just had this offseason. He basically was just on hard knocks, and then that's it. So, like... That is so tough. Like, uh, it's just absolutely brutal. And, like, again, was anyone even imagining this in the realm of possibility? Like, not a single, like, maybe that one guy who they always find, like, he tweets, like, three hours before the game, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles. There's always those guys who say that. But, like, I just don't even think this was in the realm of possibility. So it was shocking, Kurt. Like, right when it happened, when we were trying to evaluate how serious it was, he got carted off. The reports were, like, they were fearful. It, it was just this just nightmare scenario. So, Kurt, I agree. Like, the game... There's a couple points from the game that maybe are, you know, whatever for the game. But, yeah, I I don't think a single Jets fan thinks that Zach Wilson's taking up the promise line. No, which is a shame because, like, the team is loaded. Like, the yeah. team is loaded. <laughs> yeah. the, defense, the defense is fucking elite. Like, elite, elite. The special teams are really good. The offense has enough weaponry around it that it's going to be. The running backs, Dalvin Cook and Free Ball. Like, this team is ready to win right now. And they don't have a quarterback again. <laughs> so, excuse me while I go laugh for a couple more minutes, but I just can't get over it. Um, Bruno, there were two things that kind of came up after the Aaron Rodgers injury. Number one being uh, that it came out after the fact that Aaron Rodgers actually had told the Jets coaches how much he hated the plays where he, the left the tackles were cut blocking and trying to knock guys down so he could get rid of the ball quickly. Aaron Rodgers was like, I don't like doing that. I don't like having to throw the ball as quickly as possible. Like, I like to kind of extend plays, make it work kind of freelance a little bit. And uh, it is ironic that on the play that he tears his Achilles was a missed cut block by, I think it was Becton, maybe, the left tackle. 
who the guy comes in, makes his t- uh, sacks Aaron Rodgers, and pop goes the Achilles. Um, and then number two is the outcry once again of synthetic, uh, not synthetic, but like turf. The, yeah. the turf yep. over grass. How come NFL owners are paying for grass uh, for when the World Cup comes to the U.S., but they will refuse to do it? for their NFL teams, like if they care that much about player safety, it's all bullshit because the studies, I don't know what I'm talking about, but apparently the studies show you are less likely to blow out uh, an ACL or an Achilles or whatever it may be on, on the grass field because it's more forgiving. The, it, you know, the, the, the natural grass tears up and said the, the turf just tears you. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting point of view, but there were some very outspoken people. David Bakhtiari, uh, the former or the current um, Packer, but former Jet teammate of Aaron Rodgers came out and was like, this is fucking bullshit. The only thing that I can really think of, Bruno, is because these NFL stadiums get so much traction these days in terms of not just football games, but like they only play eight football games there a year. So the rest of the year, it's concerts. It's all sorts of things. If you have real grass down, it's way harder to keep it alive if you're going to put all those seats out there and stuff. But, like, if player safety really is the, the prime concern here, I'm surprised more NFL owners aren't ponying up to play for a real graph. Yeah, and, and again, it's like it, it's one of those situations where the NFL is one of the most profitable sports leagues, probably the most profitable sports league in the world. The owners are ultra-mega rich. Like, there's all these things that the NFL can afford to do. And in a time when player scrutiny has never, sorry, player safety has never been as scrutinized as it is now. We saw the DeMar Hamlin thing last year. We've heard about concussions forever. You know, all these gruesome injuries. It's like, you don't think the league could just maybe take care of this one issue that I think it's not even like a, there's a debate. Like, I think it, I think everybody pretty, like, I know you mentioned studies and stuff. I'm sure there's more scientific breakdowns of this, but I think for the most part, the only argument against grass is like the cost and the effort like you just mentioned. I think we all agree when it comes to the actual keeping players safe, that's more safe. So the fact that the NFL is not doing this, and then you, Kurt, you have like soccer teams in like random fucking countries and sport and leagues and shit that are able to do grass all the time. Like, I get it. It's a good point. Not every stadium does events the way the NFL stadiums do but just how many like how long does this have to go on for? like the nfl like think about it this way the nfl do you just want your players to keep getting injured all the time like why would you want that i know it's a good point bruno and it's it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens down the road here um there was a game that was played though believe it or not <laughs> yes uh the game did not just end uh after aaron Rodgers tore his achilles so zach wilson gets forced right back in the fire and believe it or not bruno the goddamn New York Jets end up winning this game in overtime, 22-16, on a uh, punt return walk-off touchdown from a guy who was an undrafted free agent who was actually <laughs> one of the stars of Hard Knocks. So like, yep. a very cool moment, very cool for the city of New York on 9-11. Um, and, like, I'm happy for the Jets that they can celebrate a win after what, like, Nobody gave them a chance in this game. I remember the first thing I saw on Twitter after Aaron Rodgers uh, left the game was like, holy shit. Like, can you imagine if the Bills actually lose this game now? And like, they did. And Bruno, a big part of that, Josh Allen was like, not just bad. Like, that was the worst I've seen him look since like his rookie year, which was bad. Josh Allen had what, three picks and a fumble? What are we doing, pal? You're the fucking, you're. Oh, it's our time. It's our time. And we've heard it all before, but like, it ain't your time. It ain't looking like your time right now, pal. 
Yeah, and again, I think we all agree the Jets have one of the better defenses. But at the end of the day, for a Bills team that's gotten to the AFC Championship game, that has had the expectations these past couple years, that's surrounded Josh Allen for the most part with theoretically all the talent he needs, good coaching, good defense, good offensive weapons. Again, like the, the Bills are kind of like, this is a game... Again, that they like a spe- like they were probably expecting to win this game with Aaron Rodgers. Without Aaron Rodgers, it, it's basically unthinkable that they couldn't even win this game. So again, I think if you're the Bills, this is a, an extremely disheartening loss for several reasons. One, it's a divisional game, so like you don't want to lose those. And a, and a, yes, the Jets probably not going anywhere, so maybe this would have mattered more if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. But you just don't want to be losing division games like this. Two, again. Losing to Zach Wilson feels so fucking bad, let me tell you, because yikes, he that pick he threw in the game was the most Zach Wilson thing of all time. And then three, Kurt, like, we'll have to see what happens after this point, because we had the Bengals shitting the bed, Joe Burrow looking horrible. We had the Chiefs pretty much not playing a great game. We had all these other teams where, you know, they just come out and they shit the bed and they don't look good at all. So the Giants are one of those teams. If they end up coming back and use this as motivation, they bounce back and move forward. Sure. Like, we'll remember this. Will, that will be a wild loss that we can be like, hey, remember that time that the Bills lost the Jets with Zach Wilson? But, Kurt, it's certainly not a sign of things to come if you want to see if you're a Bills fan. And, Kurt, uh, let me just close the circle here. Your Super Bowl pick, Bengals shit the bed and lost week one and my Super Bowl pick the Bills shit the bed and lost the Jets so both of our Super Bowl picks Kurt off to a great start I think that just means the Patriots make the Super Bowl right I'm in I'm in (laughs) well Bruno I think what this does though what I think this does is okay we talk about how loaded the AFC East is yeah yes it is loaded is it also wide the fuck open like could be do the Bills suck? Is Miami the greatest team to ever play football? Is are the Jets stuck with Dumb. Zach Wilson? Yes. Uh, yeah. Are are the Patriots like not bad? Huh. Huh. I don't know. But Bruno, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure it out, pal, because we got some we got some pitter patter talk to get to. Don't just say. We Kurt, ooh, what you say? That's what That's Jason Derulo. Derulo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jason Derulo. Um, remember that song? That, <laughs> that, that broke like, Kurt's brain for a second. <laughs> no, remember that song that was like in my head. In my head, I see you all over me. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on, Kurt. Come on. Well, do you know the real lyrics of that song were in my bed, and he had to change them for the radio? That makes so much sense, but I honestly didn't know that. I see you all over me in my bed. But you know what, you, Kurt? That, that checks out. You fulfill my fantasies in my bed. You'll be screaming, oh, in my bed. It's crazy when you think about it that way now. Holy shit. I've never thought about that. And also, how crazy is it that he could just, like, how easy it was to change bed to head? Like, that's crazy. And no one even blinked an eye. I just didn't even know. That's Kurt. That's fucking. I. I. It, that's one of those things. That's like I should have realized that. And you just pointed out. You've just kind of. I'm gonna have to. I'm doing some research. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. <laughs> no, we have some Patriots stuff to get to here. Uh, Patriots. Yep. Let's, let's just come out and say it. Uh, Pats lose at home on the Tom Brady. Uh, thank you, Tom Brady game. Twenty-five to twenty. Um, there are a couple different ways we can talk about this game. 
Number one, overall thoughts. This game, you can look at uh, from a couple different directions. The Patriots were in a position to win the game against a very high-caliber team, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, a team that very well should woulda, coulda, shoulda won the Super Bowl last year. And the Patriots are right there, right there with them. So like, on one sense, that's fucking awesome. On the other hand, the Patriots should have won the game. They actually had no business losing the game. So it's like, well, you hate to see that, but you'd love to see that they're in the game. So, Bruno, mixed emotions right off the bat, yes? Plenty of mixed emotions, Kurt. And we'll get into more specifically, but it, it's a weird place to be in as a Patriots fan. Let me just say that. It is. It's like, and so this is one of my overarching thoughts here. It's like, okay, we've had moral victories since the Tom Brady era has uh, left the building. Um, plenty of like, oh, we were right in the game. We're right in the game. The Buccaneers game a couple years ago, and Brady comes back. Ah, oh, the Patriots are right in the game. That's fucking awesome. Nick, Nick Folk misses the field goal. Oh, they lose. It's like, oh, 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 okay. Um, well, again, the Patriots are right there, have a chance to win the game, and oh, 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 they don't. It's like, okay, no more moral victories. It's time to go out there. Like, you are still the Patriots. You are still Bill Belichick. Like, at some point, you got to win some of these big games. It's like, stop going. It's the thing that will take them from being like a good team. It's like, oh, maybe they can contend. They're not there yet. They're clearly not there yet, but like, a win like this helps get them on that track. And again, it's just like, oh, it slipped through our fingertips. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it missed opportunity for sure, Kurt. Missed opportunity for sure. So again, with that being said, however, this does look like a team that isn't going to lay down and die. They're a team that's going to compete. Um, you know, in this game, the Patriots got down 16 to nothing in a literal blink of an eye. Like it was like, the, so the, the Eagles got the ball first. The Eagles actually marched like right down the field to the red zone. Patriots defense unlocked the fuck down in the red zone. Matt Judon has his first sack of the season. Uh, Eagles kick a field goal. Well, then wouldn't you know it, Bruno? All of a sudden, the Patriots offense comes out, and it's like eight plays, and it looks like so smooth, so clean. I was like, I was like dick riding Bill O'Brien for a second. I was like, this man is God. I was like, we have a competent offense. And then there's a third and four player, whatever, third and five. And Mac, I mean, it, no excuses, but it was fucking pouring at this point. And Mac Jones lets a ball kind of sail on him. Kendrick Bourne gets two hands on it. Kendrick Bourne will probably say, I should have caught that ball. Mac Jones definitely says that's a terrible throw. Regardless, it ends up in the hands of Darius Slay. He returns it 70 yards for a pick six. Okay, now before you know it, it is 10 to nothing, Philadelphia. Well, Patriots get the ball back on the first play of the next drive. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't fumbled a football in three years. Well, in his first fucking game as a Patriot, in the first quarter, balls out, balls on the ground, and uh, the Eagles recover. And before you know it again, on a short field, it is now 16 to nothing Eagles, thanks to a missed extra point. So before the Patriots could even look up and be like, holy shit, it was 16 to nothing. Bruno, did you think at that moment they were going to get run out of their own stadium? Kurt, not only did I think it, but I knew it. Kurt, I was texting you to cancel the season. I was texting all my friends. It's over. I wasn't going to turn the game off, but I was like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. It literally just felt like the worst possible start to a game the worst possible start to a season while tom brady's in the building which i know we're going to get to and we'll talk about that for a little bit it just felt like everything was going wrong and kurt the crazy thing was like you said though that offense to start that first drive was so good and despite that it was like we were down 60 nothing it was like the god the nfl gods didn't want us to win 
No, it was, yeah, it seemed like the gods were not in our favor, buddy. And I will say this too. Um, at the moment when it was 16 to nothing, I, you know, I was watching with some, with some friends and family and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, like, I'm okay. I just, I didn't know what to expect. I just didn't expect to get buried that fast. Like no. when I, when I saw that Cole strange and Mike and Wendu were out, yeah, I thought I tweeted the Patriots are going to lose by 30 and I thought that might be happening, but then I was like, Oh fuck, it's actually going to happen. Um, but again, they competed. They, they showed some fucking stones. And then all of a sudden that second quarter by Mac Jones looked like Mac Jones from two years ago, dare I say, looked like a young Tom Brady, like the way he was distributing the football, the way he was getting the ball quickly against the best pass rush in the NFL. Might I add, um, you know, he was getting the ball to different receivers. He was getting it to rookies. He was getting it to his tight ends. Bruno, I do be believing that the two tight end set has made its triumphant return to New England. Wouldn't you say, pal? Yeah, Kurt, that looked really good. That has been something we've been tinkering over with for the last three seasons. It's had its iterations. We drafted those two tight ends that were duds. We had uh, Johnny Smith, which obviously we shipped him out this offseason. We've been trying to get back to that place. And Kurt, it's obviously only been one game, but it looks great to see that two tight ends send back and clicking, like clicking, clicking. Like that one-handed catch that Hunter Henry had, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, on a fourth and eight, which we shouldn't have gone for, but I digress. Um, uh, <laughs> it is interesting too. Like the running game has had a little bit of tough slotting in this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think again that the Philly defensive front is just phenomenal, and uh, with the with the rookies for the Patriots on the offensive line, and it it was tough slotting. I mean, they did run for seventy six yards, twenty two yeah. carries for seventy six yards. It's like okay, like. It's not good, but it's also not like they ran 22 times for 35 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like they, right, right. they move it a little bit. But again, for a team that has Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson that you kind of expect to be a ground and pound, right. uh, it's not easy to do against that Philly front. So what does that mean, Bruno? That means Mac mm-hmm. Jones in the offense. The ball's in your hand, buddy. Mac Jones had 54 pass attempts in this one. 35 completions. Uh, 316 yards, three touchdowns in that pick six. So after that pick six, Mac balled. I think he was two for his first nine passing in the rain. Wasn't good. Offense wasn't moving. Like we, you were like, can we please just? Actually, it wasn't you. My other buddy it was like, can we please just get a first down? Like just a first down. <laughs> that's how that's how low the bar was. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it's like wow, they came out on fire in all cylinders in that second quarter. And Bruno, a guy who we didn't see a lot of last year. Uh, really, really was like put it forth that like, hey, I'm still here. I'm a pretty good football player, and that's Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kurt, he was electric. We've obviously been joking, Jesus Christ, that's Kendrick Bourne. Kurt, let me be the first to say, Jesus Christ, that's Kendrick Bourne. Bruno, I'm gonna say something <laughs> here. Tell me if I'm out of pocket. Okay, I'm ready. He is wide receiver one for the New England Patriots. Uh. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, Parker didn't play, obviously. We have the rookies out there who contributing a little bit. No Myers anymore, obviously. So, I mean, you can make the case. Juju was like, okay, we'll get to this later. But, yeah, I just think Mac called Kendrick Bourne his guy. 
He's yeah. like, that's my guy. Even when he was in the game a little bit last year, it's like anytime he was in the game, he was getting balls thrown toward him because Mac trusted him. And I found that just so fucking it was poetic justice. <laughs> yeah. That that fat fuck, Matt Patricia, was <laughs> up in the booth for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he had uh. to watch Mac Jones and Kedrick Bourne go off on his shitty little defense. And it's like, oh, <laughs> scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Ooh, ooh, fun. Easy. Ooh, Kendrick Bourne in the red zone. Ooh, ooh, fun. Ooh, Mac, throw touchdowns. Ooh, fun. Mac threw 14 touchdowns last year. He already has three through one game this year. I mean, yeah. Matt Patricia was probably, you know, after the game, Darius Slay comes out and he's like, yeah, Matt Patricia has told us all the things that Mac Jones doesn't do well. Uh, so we knew beforehand what we had to do to get him off his spot. It's like, Okay, asshole. Like, congratulations. Mac Jones just fucking buried you almost. And you're out here talking shit about Matt Patricia's the reason. Matt, Matt Patricia probably did nothing but hurt you. That's what probably happened. Yeah. And Darius Slay, like, again, yeah, when you have a pick six, you can talk that talk. But it wasn't like he made a play, read a route, jumped a, jumped a, jumped a route, and whatever. Literally, the ball went right to him off of deflection off the receiver's hand. So, like, you take that pick six away, the Eagles don't even win the game. Like, I know it's not as easy as that, but it's like, dude, you, I don't think they were exactly shutting us down. Half the reason they won is because we made mistakes. Yeah. And again, I think that I think that is the whole reason the Eagles won. It's the Patriots' self-inflicted wounds. Early, you're automatically chasing. You're climbing up the mountain at this point, and that's tough. Bruno, a couple more things offensively. The distribution of passes, okay? So, like – it wasn't like, you know, the Tyree kill where he has 18 catches. Bourne had six. Ramondre had six. Hunter Henry had five. Demario Douglas had four. Gasicki had three. Juju had four. Ezekiel Elliott had five. Montgomery had two. Like, that's moving the ball around. Um, Kayshawn Booty, the rookie from LSU, six-round pick, was targeted four times, had zero actual completions. Mm. But mm. Mac went Mac went to him in two huge spots. One with the literal game on the line. Yeah. I believe it was a fourth and eleven, fourth and twelve with like just seconds yeah. to go in the game. And Booty makes the catch along the sideline, but can't toe drag swag that bitch. And uh the Patriots lost the game. I mean, it was a good effort, but it's like you're an NFL receiver now. Like that's that's almost gotta be a catch. And then he had the what a really Mac threw a perfect ball up the left sideline back shoulder he makes the catch but wasn't really aware of where he was and stepped out of bounds with his second foot on a big third down in the third quarter and it's like god man like he's shown flashes that he can be a good a good receiver but like if you want to be in that circle of trust like you got to make sure you make those plays and he just didn't do it my last point here demario douglas the rookie from liberty bruno it's not often that i obsess over a rookie and he actually is good yeah that's a good point <laughs> I am Kyle Oletta. <laughs> Kyle Oletta, baby, my fucking draft crush. Um, where's he at these days? Um, I don't know. Uh, Demario Douglas is actually a really good football player, and he provides something to the Patriots' offense which they just don't have. He's the jitterbug that you put in the slot. He's going to win one on one. He's going to win these routes. Um, again, four receptions for forty yards. He also had one about early in the game. It was a third and six. He ran. It's basically Haas, Haas Juke, which basically hitches on the outside, seams in the middle, and then the guy in the slot does it like a, a, a an option route. And Demario 
absolutely shook this linebacker. And if Mac puts the ball on him, it was only like a 10 yard throw, but if Mac puts it on him, Douglas might fucking score. He's like, he, there's nobody in front of him. So another missed opportunity there, but I'm just like, wow, it's just an, it's an added element to the offense, which we just haven't seen. Um, and with a Bill O'Brien staple, which is empty, like the Patriots were an empty for over 20 something snaps this game. Like if they're going to be an empty tomorrow, Douglas is going to play. So I'm excited about seeing what he does uh, in this offense. Yeah. And Kurt, he tied for second with a couple other people for uh, pass catchers in targets. So clearly whether again, it's Mac Jones wanting Tim or the offense calling for it, whichever one you prefer, clearly he's going to be a part of the game plan, or at least he was today. You know, I guess, you know, maybe we'll change up week to week, I guess, but I like that part too. And Kurt, to your point about going empty and then just spreading the ball around, it is kind of nice that we have options. I know we don't have like the star, like, you know, we don't have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. We don't have, you know, some of these crazy combos that a lot of other teams have in terms of talent, but it does feel like we're starting to get competent options across the board. And maybe this turns into something like, like you said, Kendrick Bourne, he had a great game one. I think the thing we all need to see is like, is he going to be able to do that from game to game? But like, there's definitely a lot more competency across the board, as well as a system that's like allowing Mac Jones to pick his targets. And he has a lot of targets to choose from who can make some plays. Yeah. Again, and it was so nice to see Mac able to like make calls at the line of scrimmage, change out of bad plays, so on and so forth. It's like, holy shit, where was this all of last year? Right. One big little one big shout out here, Bruno. Against the best NFL, the best uh defensive line in the NFL, the offensive line really did hold up pretty well. Um yeah. there was a third and twelve late in the game where Mac got pressured, Calvin Anderson got beat off the right tackle. And um, Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham, one of them, uh, came in and hit Mac. I don't know how Mac did this, but he fit this ball into the smallest window I've ever seen. Bourne ended up dropping it, like it glanced off his hands. But there was like the replay show, like Darius Slade definitely got there a little early. It would have been ticky tacky, right. but he definitely got there early. Um, and Mac was getting absolutely lit up and still put this ball in a spot where only Kendrick Bourne could get it. And if if that's converted, we might be having a whole different conversation right now. So, again, I was so impressed with the line considering what was going on. Um, we'll talk about the line for this upcoming week because that's a disaster. Okay. But um, <laughs> Overall, Bruno, I was impressed with the offense. And I'm like, I think they're going to continue to get better. I love the fact that it's two tight ends. I love the fact that we have Zeke and Ramondre. I think this offense could be – pretty good and i love that we were good in the red zone yeah kurt overall it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be i wasn't that high on things like i liked bill o'brien coming in i wasn't like again you've watched a lot more tape on the rookie wide receivers i wasn't as sure how things were going to look not that i thought it was gonna be bad i just wasn't as sure when it was clicking it was fucking clicking like the end of that second quarter it was clicking sometimes in the third quarter and towards the end of the game it was clicking i think the thing that I'm going to see both from the offense and from Mac Jones is consistency. Like, again, I don't, I, you know, he's not Tom Brady. Like we're so used to him being so consistent. Like, again, we're not, no one's expecting that, but like, while it wasn't all on him, like, again, you know, that throw that, the unfortunate bounce off Kendrick Bourne, some of the, you know, booty plays where he didn't get his feet down. Like it's not all on Mac Jones, but 
we did see two different, like, again, we saw the, you know, two for nine start where we couldn't buy a first down. We saw two touchdowns in five minutes at the end of the second quarter. If we can get, you know, at least more than 50, 50 of the good stuff, if we can get 70, 30 of good stuff, like, again, if we had even 70, 30 in this game, we would have won. So if we can be consistent, which again, you know, I need to also take a step back too. Like I'm calling for consistency when some of the other top offenses, like the Bengals and the giants just had, they were just fucking garbage in week one. So at least like, we're not at that level, but if we can get more consistent, Kurt, I think that's, you know, we're going to, it's going to give us a chance and we're going to probably win some more games than we thought this year. If we can get to that point. Yeah. That's a great point, Bruno. Like call it what you want. Philadelphia's defense is one of the best in the NFL. And I mean, they only scored 20 points, but like it could have been more. Bill Belichick had a chance to kick a field goal, decides to go for it on a fourth and three. I'm talking like a chip shot, like 37-yard field goal. Yeah. Elects not to do it, would have made it score 25-23. There were still like eight minutes to go. He yeah. didn't do it. I don't. And with that being said, I don't think Bill Belichick thought the Patriots would somehow get the ball back into Philadelphia territory two more times. But <laughs> <Right>. they did. <laughs> They did, and they didn't do anything with it. So, if they hypothetically, if he kicks a field goal eight minutes ago, 25 23, Philadelphia. Right. Well, uh, Peppers smokes the fuck out of Jalen Hurts on a quarterback draw, yep. fumble, Marcus Jones recovers. Patriots have the ball at the 45 yard line again. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Then they only have to go 15 yards, could have kicked the field goal, and that's yep. not happening. And then the Eagles, late in the game, go for it on a fourth down, fourth and yep. two. From midfield, Christian Gonzalez says, no, 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 not on me, pal. And uh, the Patriots get the ball again for one more chance to try to go down and score. So it's like, well, I'm sure Bill didn't expect that. But again, it's like with eight minutes to go and your defense playing so well, I would have loved for him to take the points there. But he didn't. And I mean, everything's hindsight's 2020. Right. Um, but Bruno, let's transition with that being said to the defense. I want your overall first thoughts about the defense. So this does tie back into my point from earlier that I do think, like we were saying, it's easier for the defenses to look good earlier in the season than the offenses. That being said, Kurt, we watched them play a Philadelphia offense that had a whole offseason to shore up some stuff. They had a good offseason in who they added. They just made the Super Bowl last year. They have a ton of great stuff on offense, and they have a ton of creative play calling and all that good stuff. So again, yes. Whereas at week one and teams aren't at full strength, absolutely. Was the talent and all the good pieces that made the Eagles one of the more lethal offenses and best teams last year all still there for the Eagles? Pretty much. You swapped out Miles Sanders, Don J. Swift. So, again, there's some changes, but pretty much also there. And, Kurt, our defense looked fucking good. Like, again, let's think about this 25-20 to 20 game score. The picks, take the pick six out, and the Eagles on offense scored less than 20 points. That's fucking insane for our defense to come out and hold the Eagles less than 20 points. And... Like, the touchdown they did score, Marcus Jones had perfect coverage on Devontae Smith. I was like, I don't know how the fuck he caught that football. Like, so that was a touchdown. So they get they stop him in the red zone the first drive, kick a field goal. Yep. They, the pick six, not their fault. Then they score a touchdown on a short field from the 32-yard line. They score a touchdown. It's like, okay. So you have, you have a field goal and a short field touchdown. The rest of the way, Bruno, field goals. <laughs> like, if you would have told me, I can't see the score before the game, but you're going to hold the Eagles to less than 100 yards rushing, you're going to hold them to under 300 yards total for the game, and Mac Jones is going to throw for 350, I would have said the Patriots win by 10 easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So again, it goes back to the point where like, fuck, they had the chance to do it. They just didn't capitalize on it. But Bruno, I was so, so impressed by this defense. Um, I said it in the pick six. I was like, they're going to be fast. They're going to be physical. They are fast and they are physical. And Bruno, the pass rush, Uche, Judon, uh, Christian Barmore looking like the fucking beast that he is in the middle. Super impressive. I would be remiss if I didn't sit here quickly and talk about the three rookies, our first three picks. Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, and Marte Mapu. All three had huge, huge impacts on this game. Christian Gonzalez, they knocked him in his pre-draft process like, oh, man doesn't like to tackle, not not physical. Well, Bruno, in this game, the man had not seven tackles, second leading tackler on the Patriots, five of them solo, one tackle for loss, and a sack. Like, <laughs> damn. Okay, okay. And here's <laughs> the thing, too. I th- I went into this knowing I think Christian Gonzalez was going to be a good player. Yep. Mapu and Keon White, I was like, all right, like, sure, let's see what we got. Let's ride. Keon White, Bruno, that man might never smile. Like, he is just a perfect <laughs> He's just a perfect <laughs> disciple of Bill uh, Belichick. And, Bruno, here's the thing. He lined up uh, on, the, like, the left end. So he was uh, over right tackle Lane Johnson. And before the game, there was a stat going around Twitter. Lane Johnson has not given up a sack since 2020. So has not given up a sack. He started every fucking game. But more so than that, he averages only allowing five pressures on a quarterback in a season. Keon White had four of his own on Lane Johnson this week. Four hurries, four pressures over Lane Johnson. And I'm not talking like skirted around him. It was like, I'm going to run through a motherfucker's face. Yeah. And like, he, so Bruno, he got my lower hemisphere all tingly a couple times. I was like, <laughs> you have him, Barmore, Uche, and Judah rushing the passer? I told you, I was getting weird, weird sensations everywhere. What are your thoughts on the pass rush? Uh, Kurt, I can also confirm my southern hemisphere went to the northern hemisphere pretty quick if you are uh, catching my drift there. Uh, shout out uh, geography and weather. Shout out Bradfield. Um, yes, Kurt, I would say I I don't I didn't know what to expect. Much like you, I had mostly read and watched Christian Gonzalez stuff for the defensive edition. So again, obviously, I, t- I know you and you keep me pretty well up to date. And obviously, there is, you know, the, the people covering the, the beat reporters and all the good stuff coming out of camp. So I'd seen those reports. I wasn't sure either. But again, I was very, very impressed with not only the pass rush, but should, but the defense as a whole. Um, I do think one of the things that we were worrying about coming into the game uh, was Jalen Hurts being a mobile quarterback. And so the combo of, you know, the pass rush and getting to Jalen Hurts and how well our defensive line did, plus the ability for us to contain or, you know, limit Hurts big plays was something that we were definitely looking at. I just looked up the stats. He had nine rushes for 37 yards. If you had told me that before the game and zero touchdowns, I probably would have taken that. I'm not going to lie. It definitely felt like he did convert some plays when they needed him with his legs. It's not like those 37 yards were like largely unimpactful. But again, the combo of being able to pressure the quarterback, plus for the most part, limiting Hurts to like an acceptable amount of rushing yards with no touchdowns. I think the defense did really solid there. Absolutely. And I'll just, I'll just give you this too. What did you say? He had nine rushes for 37? 37. Yep. Well, in the first drive, he on a third and 12, they called the quarterback draw to extend the drive. He got 15 yards on that. So the rest of his carries, he had eight for 22. 
It's like, holy we'll shit. Yeah. We will take that all day and literally twice on Sunday. Um, yep. So I just can't say enough good things. And here's one thing X's and O's that I do really like about what the Patriots did defensively. So much in the past on third and nine, third and 11, let's just call it third and long. Sure. The Patriots rush three, they drop eight, and time after time, they play zone and some fucking little shitty receiver finds the zone and it's a completion and it's a first down. Bill Belichick and Steve Belichick were like, uh-uh. What we're going to do is we're going to blitz. We're going to send six at you so you can't block everybody. And we're going to make you throw it. You're going to complete it. And we're going to tackle you short of the sticks. And it worked time after time after time. Bruno, I thought the game plan was awesome. So, like, in that sense, Bill has not lost it. Like, the game plan was great. It worked to perfection, and then it just it ultimately blows because they didn't win the game. Yeah, and my last point with the secondary, with a no Jack Jones, Kurt. Like, we're talking about who was out and who was injured this game. I, I was not loving the, all these injuries to begin with, and then not having him in the secondary. The fact we did that with all the, him, too, it was, was crazy. Jack Jones on the outside with Christian Gonzalez, there's two very good starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And, Bruno, I said it a lot. I love these safeties. I love them so much. Duggar. Jabril Peppers, Tommy Curran predicted he was going to be the Patriots MVP on defense. After one week, that he looks like the Jabril Peppers of old because, I mean, that he boy does. is lying around, and that boy just likes to hurt people. Like, he is coming yeah. in at 1,000 <laughs> miles an hour trying to kill you. Phillips yeah. is great. Mapu is great. I love the, I, I love the defense, Bruno. Hopefully, they're going to they're gonna need to turn it on again this week because uh, it does not get any easier with the high-flying offense of Mike McDaniel and the – Dolphins coming to town. Want to talk about this game a little bit before we wrap things up? Let's do it. All right. So obviously, Dolphins coming off their their week one win in Los Angeles. Patriots coming off yep. their week one loss to the Eagles. Uh, Bruno, Sunday night football, primetime game in our red fucking jerseys. Uh, the red jerseys we 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 got in the win column with them last year against the Lions. But if you remember, the last primetime game we played in them was the Bills, and we basically waved the white flag. So no, thank you. <laughs> No, thank you. Uh, what are your initial takeaways? How, how do the Patriots win this game, Bruno? Well, Kurt, my initial takeaways are we're going to need the defense once again to just have a massive performance. And I don't know if I'm super confident in that. Nothing from the Patriots side of things. But, like, we did look really good against the Eagles, who have a great offense. But, again, one of the best, if not the best, when healthy wide receiver combos in the league of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill still got it, obviously, with 215 yards and two touchdowns last week. So are we going to be able to keep up in a track meet like the Chargers did? I don't think so. I simply do not think so. So can the defense keep up? Kurt, you know what we've talked a lot about? That opening game last year in Miami, which, again, was a season ago. The Dolphins have gotten better and grown more chemistry from So it's not the same exact thing. But they did a pretty good job in that game against Miami last year that we could have won. There was a couple mistakes that really, like, shot us in the foot, much like this Eagles game, where that was why we didn't beat the Dolphins last year. So we do have some good things that we can look back on and be like, let's do that. I like our changed defensive philosophy. And I like the fact that Jabril Peppers is playing well, because if he's the safety net up top, we're going to need that for Tyreek Hill if he's beating his coverage, right? So we're definitely going to need that. But Kurt, I, my my initial thoughts are that if the if the Dolphins are putting up you know those numbers and those points against the Chargers, I don't think the Chargers' defense is better than ours. That's not what I'm saying. But I just think if they're doing that against the Chargers, I would expect them to put up 30-plus against us, theoretically, if our defense isn't set up. I think if they're scoring anywhere near 30, I don't think we're scoring 30. 
Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I don't think they can score 30. If they score 30, they win the game, I think. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting. It needs to be said. Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick or the Patriots. Tua is undefeated. <sighs> in Which is so fucking stupid. Tua, of all people. Like, what the fuck? Right. Like, Tua's career stats aren't awesome. But against the Patriots, it's like he's <laughs> fucking Gandhi. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I It'll be that. interesting. He's Gandhi. <laughs> I think Mike McDaniel is a very good coach. I think he's perfect yeah. for Tua. Tua's not injured yet. So, like, you know, maybe yeah. one Matt Judon sacked and face plant to the ground might change things. But uh, this is a big one for the Patriots. It really is a big one. It's a division game. It's at home on Sunday night. Uh, it's 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 a chance to be like, hey, you're not gonna walk all over us this year in this division. Like, we're gonna we're gonna fight a little bit. So, Bruno, is it time to fight already in week two? I think it might be time to fight. <laughs> Kurt, I'm just gonna throw this out there. That I, I'm not expecting us to win, right? But like, if we can somehow win, this would be so massive for so many reasons. The Jets are playing the Cowboys, and if there's any expectations for that game, it's at the Cowboys. I would think the Cowboys are gonna win. The Jets would be one and one. The Bills lost last week, so they this week are playing the uh, – I'm just pulling up the schedules on my computer real quick. They're playing the Raiders, so I can see them winning. They could be 1-1. One and one. The Dolphins are 1-0, and oh, and if we bet them, we're both 1-1. One one. So this could completely – like, talk about being wide open, Kurt. If we beat the Dolphins, every team is 1-1, one and, one, and there's already some d- divisional tiebreaker shit going on. So I'm not saying it's, like, season's over if we go 0-2. I do think the Dolphins are good, and I – again – we always knew this was going to be a hard stretch to open the season. So, like, we knew that. But, like, Kurt, if we can get this win, what you were saying earlier about, like, all of the sudden, you know, with the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers, with Tua not guaranteed by any means to make it through the season, and with Josh Allen looking like shit in week one, listen, Kurt, it's time to fight. It's time to fight, baby. Bruno, uh, the fighting is uh, a little bit uh, looking a little bleak at the moment. The injury report came out today. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Um, it's really, it's really bad. Um, so let me just run through this. The offensive line is in complete shambles. Trent okay. Brown, concussion. I don't know when he got it, but he's not going to be playing. Cole Strange, knee, didn't play in week one. David Andrews, hurt his hamstring, questionable to play. Mike Nwenu, didn't play in week one, ankle. City Sow, played in week one for Mike Nwenu, <laughs> concussion. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, it's not good. Um, certainly not good. But Kurt, when it's time to fight, they don't say who has to be available. They just say whoever's there has to fight. Well, we didn't have our two guards last week, and now this week maybe we don't have both our tackles. So it's like it'll be great. <laughs> and I mean, and like, uh, the Miami defense is going to come after you a little bit. Now, the good news here: the the Miami offensive line blows as well. Uh, and yep. their and their starting left guard is Isaiah Wynn. So, oh baby, shoot, motherfucker, let's go. <laughs> so, Bruno, that brings us to the end here of uh, of the week one pod, brother. Yeah, Kurt, it's good to be back again. Uh, we we go back and forth with moral victories, but no matter what, it feels good to talk specific Patriots again. Like again, we've been talking off season, we've been talking reports at a training camp we've been talking additions and stuff it feels really good to watch a patriots game to have things to talk about have things to look forward to and kurt again we could have been in a situation where you know the division wasn't looking like it is right now in terms of how wide open and at least it's looking open so no moral victories kurt we need an actual victory this week um but it is exciting to be back 
Uh, and, you know, I have to say this, Kurt, I, I, I don't think I'm going to end the season like this, but th- after a concrete week of pick six, Bruno is in first place. That might be the first time that's ever happened. Like, literally, that might be the first time in our fucking six-year history that that's ever happened, Kurt. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is the first time you've had a lead on me, really, at yeah, any point ever. 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 So, no, I'm Kurt, like, you think I'm exaggerating? People might be like, Bruno, shut up, you're exaggerating. I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I, unfortunately for myself, unfortunately, I'm literally not exaggerating. Well, Bruno, <laughs> so, you need to win something, so I'm very happy for yeah, you, my man. So, uh, thank you. And shout out the Cowboys who were responsible for uh, me getting the victory. So, Kurt, uh, appreciate it as always. Uh, <laughs> everyone Remember how I picked, the Giants? I picked the Giants who lost 40 to nothing? You know that that's a Bruno pick right there. That's that's pretty much been me every single year, being confident in yeah. a pick and it is forty nothing. So uh, if that means I I gave you uh, a a BTD Bruno transmitted disease and now you have Bruno brain for your picks, I'm going to be very happy. I hope that's not the reason why you're sick, but I hope that's why your pick six suck. Um, hey, fair <laughs> enough, man. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Kurt, it's been fun. Um, hopefully, uh, everybody uh, wish Kurt a speedy recovery from being sick. Uh, look for the pod to come out in the next day or so. We're going to be back with pick six this weekend, and that will be very exciting. Um, and Kurt, it's been real as always. And we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Give it a